March 18th through March 24th of Morning and Evening Daily Readings. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon Wainwright. Morning and Evening Daily Readings by Charles Spurgeon. Morning, March 18th. Ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. The fatherhood of God is common to all his children. Ah, little faith you have often said. Oh, that I had the courage of great heart that I could wield his sword and be as valiant as he. But alas, I stumble at every straw, and a shadow makes me afraid. List three, little faith, great heart, is God's child, and you are God's child too. And great heart is not one whit more God's child than you are. Peter and Paul the highly favored apostles were of the family of the Most High, and so are you also. The weak Christian is as much a child of God as the strong one. This covenant stands secure, though earth's old pillars bow. The strong, the feeble, and the weak are one in Jesus now. All the names are in the same family register. One may have more grace than another, but God, our Heavenly Father, has the same tender heart towards all. One may do more mighty works and may bring more glory to his name, but he whose name is the least in the kingdom of heaven is as much the child of God as he who stands among the kings mighty men. Let this cheer and comfort us when we draw near to God and say, Our Father. Yet, while we are comforted by knowing this, let us not rest contented with weak faith, but ask, like the apostles, to have it increased. However feeble our faith may be, if it be real faith in Christ, we shall reach heaven at last. But we shall not honor our master much on our pilgrimage, neither shall we abound in joy and peace, if then we would live to Christ's glory and be happy in his service. Seek to be filled with the spirit of adoption more and more completely till perfect love shall cast out fear. Evening, March 18th. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. John, chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father loves the Son, in the manner Jesus loves his people, what is that divine method? He loved him without beginning, and thus Jesus loves his members. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. 
you can trace the beginning of human affection you can easily find the beginning of your love to christ but his love to us is a stream whose source is hidden in eternity god the father loves jesus without any change christian take this for your comfort that there is no change in jesus christ's love to those who rest in him yesterday you were on tabor's top and you said he loves me today you are in the valley of humiliation but he loves you still the same on the hill mizar and among the hermons you heard his voice which spake so sweetly with the turtle notes of love and now on the sea or even in the sea when all his waves and billows go over you his heart is faithful to his ancient choice the father loves the son without any end and thus does the son love his people saint thou needest not fear the loosing of the silver cord for his love for thee will never cease rest confident that even down to the grave christ will go with you and that up again from it he will be your guide to the celestial hills moreover the father loves the son without any measure and the same immeasurable love the son bestows upon his chosen ones the whole heart of christ is dedicated to his people he loved us and gave himself for us his is a love which passeth knowledge ah we have indeed an immutable saviour a precious saviour one who loves without measure without change without beginning and without end even as the father loves him there is much food here for those who know how to digest it may the holy ghost lead us into its marrow and fatness morning march nineteenth strong in faith romans chapter four verse twenty christian take good care of thy faith for recollect faith is the only way whereby thou canst obtain blessings if we want blessings from god nothing can fetch them down but faith prayer cannot draw down answers from god's throne except it be the earnest prayer of the man who believes faith is the angelic messenger between the soul and the lord jesus in glory let that angel be withdrawn we can neither send up prayer nor receive the answers faith is the telegraphic wire which links earth and heaven on which god's messages of love fly so fast that before we call he answers and while we are yet speaking he hears us but if that telegraphic wire of faith be snapped how can we receive the promise am i in trouble i can obtain help for trouble by faith am i beaten about by the enemy my soul on her dear refuge leans by faith but take faith away in vain i call to god 
there is no road betwixt my soul and heaven in the deepest winter time faith is a road on which the horses of prayer may travel ay and all the better for the biting frost but blockade the road and how can we communicate with the great king faith links me with divinity faith clothes me with the power of god faith engages on my side the omnipotence of jehovah faith ensures every attribute of god in my defense it helps me to defy the hosts of hell it makes me march triumphant over the necks of my enemies but without faith how can i receive anything of the lord let not him that wavereth who is like the wave of the sea expect that he will receive anything of god o oh, then christian watch well thy faith for with it thou canst win all things however poor thou art but without it thou canst obtain nothing if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth evening march nineteenth and she did eat and was satisfied and left ruth chapter two verse fourteen whenever we are privileged to eat of the bread which jesus gives we are like ruth satisfied with the full and sweet repast when jesus is the host no guest goes empty from the table our head is satisfied with the precious truth which christ reveals our heart is content with jesus as the altogether lovely object of affection our hope is satisfied for whom have we in heaven but jesus and our desire is satiated for what can we wish for more than to know christ and to be found in him jesus fills our conscience till it is at perfect peace our judgment with persuasion of the certainty of his teachings our memory with recollections of what he has done and our imagination with the prospects of what he is yet to do as ruth was sufficed and left so is it with us we have had deep draughts we have thought that we could take in all of christ but when we have done our best we have had to leave a vast remainder we have sat at the table of the lord's love and said nothing but the infinite can ever satisfy me i am such a great sinner that i must have infinite merit to wash my sin away but we have had our sin removed and found that there was merit to spare we have had our hunger relieved at the feast of sacred love and found that there was a redundance of spiritual meat remaining there are certain sweet things in the word of god which we have not enjoyed yet and which we are obliged to leave for a while for we are like the disciples to whom jesus said i have yet many things to say unto you but ye cannot bear them now yes there are graces to which we have not attained places of fellowship nearer to christ which we have not reached and heights of communion which our feet have not climbed at every banquet of love 
there are many baskets of fragments left let us magnify the liberality of our glorious boaz morning march twentieth my beloved song of solomon chapter two verse eight this was a golden name which the ancient church in her most joyous moments was wont to give to the anointed of the lord when the time of the singing of birds was come and the voice of the turtle was heard in her land her love note was sweeter than either as she sang my beloved is mine and i am his he feedeth among the lilies ever in her song of songs doth she call him by that delightful name my beloved even in the long winter when idolatry had withered the garden of the lord her prophets found space to lay aside the burden of the lord for a little season and to say as isaiah did now will i sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard though the saints had never seen his face though as yet he was not made flesh nor had dwelt among us nor had man beheld his glory yet he was the consolation of israel the hope and joy of all the chosen the beloved of all those who were upright before the most high we in the summer days of the church are also wont to speak of christ as the best beloved of our soul and to feel that he is very precious the chiefest among ten thousand and the altogether lovely so true is it that the church loves jesus and claims him as her beloved that the apostle dares to defy the whole universe to separate her from the love of christ and declares that neither persecutions distress affliction peril or the sword have been able to do it nay he joyously boasts in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us oh that we knew more of thee thou ever precious one my sole possession is thy love in earth beneath or heaven above i have no other store and though with fervent suit i pray and in pertune thee day by day i ask thee nothing more evening march twentieth husbands love your wives even as christ also loved the church ephesians chapter five verse twenty five what a golden example christ gives to his disciples few masters could venture to say if you would practice my teaching imitate my life but as the life of jesus is the exact transcript of perfect virtue he can point to himself as the paragon of holiness as well as the teacher of it the christian should take nothing short of christ for his model under no circumstances ought we to be content unless we reflect the grace which was in him as a husband 
the christian is to look upon the portrait of christ jesus and he is to paint according to that copy the true christian is to be such a husband as christ was to his church the love of a husband is special the lord jesus cherishes for the church a peculiar affection which is set upon her above the rest of mankind i pray for them i pray not for the world the elect church is the favorite of heaven the treasure of christ the crown of his head the bracelet of his arm the breastplate of his heart the very center and core of his love a husband should love his wife with a constant love for thus jesus loves his church he does not vary in his affection he may change in his display of affection but the affection itself is still the same a husband should love his wife with an enduring love for nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord a true husband loves his wife with a hearty love fervent and intense it is not mere lip service ah beloved what more could christ have done in proof of his love than he has done jesus has a delighted love towards his spouse he prizes her affection and delights in her with sweet complacence believer you wonder at jesus's love you admire it are you imitating it in your domestic relationships in the rule and measure of your love even as christ loved the church morning march twenty first ye shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone john chapter sixteen verse thirty two few had fellowship with the sorrows of gethsemane the majority of the disciples were not sufficiently advanced in grace to be admitted to behold the mysteries of the agony occupied with the passover feast at their own houses they represent the many who live upon the letter but are mere babes as to the spirit of the gospel to twelve nay to eleven only was the privilege given to enter gethsemane and see this great sight out of the eleven eight were left at a distance they had fellowship but not of that intimate sort to which men greatly beloved are admitted only three highly favored ones could approach the veil of our lord's mysterious sorrow within that veil even these must not intrude a stone's cast distance must be left between he must tread the winepress alone and of the people there must be none with him peter and the two sons of zebedee represent the few eminent experienced saints who may be written down as fathers these having done business on great waters can in some degree measure the huge atlantic waves of their redeemer's passion to some selected spirits it is given for the good of others and to strengthen them for future special and tremendous conflict 
to enter the inner circle and hear the pleadings of the suffering high priest. They have fellowship with him in his sufferings and are made conformable unto his death. Yet even these cannot penetrate the secret places of the Savior's woe. Thine unknown sufferings is the remarkable expression of the Greek liturgy. There was an inner chamber in our master's grief, shut out from human knowledge and fellowship. There Jesus is left alone. Here Jesus was more than ever an unspeakable gift. Is not Watts right when he sings, and all the unknown joys he gives were bought with agonies unknown? Evening, March 21st. Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? Job, chapter 38, verse 31. If inclined to boast of our abilities, the grandeur of nature may soon show us how puny we are. We cannot move the least of all the twinkling stars, or quench so much as one of the beams of the morning. We speak of power, but the heavens laugh us to scorn. When the Pleiades shine forth in spring with vernal joy, we cannot restrain their influences. And when Orion reigns aloft and the year is bound in winter's fetters, we cannot relax the icy bands. The seasons revolve according to the divine appointment. Neither can the whole race of men effect a change therein. Lord, what is man? In the spiritual, as in the natural world, man's power is limited on all hands. When the Holy Spirit sheds abroad his delights in the soul, none can disturb. All the cunning and malice of men are ineffectual to stay the genial quickening power of the Comforter. When he deigns to visit a church and revive it, the most inveterate enemies cannot resist the good work. They may ridicule it, but they can no more restrain it than they can push back the spring when the Pleiades rule the hour. God wills it, and so it must be. On the other hand, if the Lord in sovereignty or in justice bind up a man so that he is in sole bondage, who can give him liberty? He alone can remove the winter of spiritual death from an individual or a people. He looses the bands of Orion and none but he. What a blessing it is that he can do it. Oh, that he would perform the wonder tonight. Lord, end my winter and let my spring begin. I cannot with all my longings raise my soul out of her death and dullness, but all things are possible with thee. I need celestial influences, the clear shinings of thy love, the beams of thy grace, the light of thy countenance. These are the Pleiades to me. I suffer much from sin and temptation. These are my wintry signs, my terrible Orion, Lord work wonders in me and for me. Amen. Morning, March 22nd. And he went a little farther 
and fell on his face and prayed. Matthew chapter 26 verse 39. There are several instructive features in our Savior's prayer in his hour of trial. It was lonely prayer. He withdrew even from his three favored disciples. Believer, be much in solitary prayer, especially in times of trial. Family prayer, social prayer, prayer in the church will not suffice. These are very precious, but the best beaten spice will smoke in your censor, in your private devotions where no ear hears but God's. It was humble prayer. Luke says he knelt, but another evangelist says he fell on his face. Where then must be thy place, thou humble servant of the great master? What dust and ashes should cover thy head? Humility gives us good foot hold in prayer. There is no hope of prevalence with God unless we abase ourselves that he may exalt us in due time. It was final prayer. Abba, Father, you will find it a stronghold in the day of trial to plead your adoption. You have no rights as a subject. You have forfeited them by your treason, but nothing can forfeit a child's right to a father's protection. Be not afraid to say, My father, hear my cry. Observe that it was preserving prayer. He prayed three times, Cease not until you prevail. B. As the importunate widow, whose continual coming earned what her first supplication could not win, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving lastly it was the prayer of resignation nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt yield and god yields let it be as god wills and god will determine for the best be thou content to leave thy prayer in his hands who knows when to give and how to give and what to give and what to withhold? So pleading earnestly, importunately, yet with humility and resignation, thou shalt surely prevail. Evening, March 22nd. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. John chapter 17 verse 24 o death why dost thou touch the tree beneath whose spreading branches weariness hath rest why dost thou snatch away the excellent of the earth in whom is all our delight if thou must use thine axe use it upon the trees which yield no fruit thou mightiest be thanked then but why wilt thou fell the goodly cedars of Lebanon? O oh, stay thine axe, and spare the righteous. But no, it must not be. Death smites the goodliest of our friends, the most generous, the most prayerful, the most holy, the most devoted must die. And why? It is through Jesus' prevailing prayer, Father, I will 
that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where i am it is that which bears them on eagle's wings to heaven every time a believer mounts from this earth to paradise it is an answer to christ's prayer a good old divine remarks many times jesus and his people pull against one another in prayer you bend your knee in prayer and say father i will that thy saints be with me where i am christ says father i will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where i am thus the disciple is at cross purposes with his lord the soul cannot be in both places the beloved one cannot be with christ and with you too now which pleader shall win the day if you had your choice if the king should step from his throne and say here are two supplicants praying in opposition to one another which should be answered oh i am sure though it were agony you would start from your feet and say jesus not my will but thine be done you would give up your prayer for your loved one's life if you could realize the thoughts that christ is praying in the opposite direction father i will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where i am lord thou shalt have them by faith we let them go morning march twenty-third his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground luke chapter twenty two verse forty four the mental pressure arising from our lord's struggle with temptation so forced his frame to an unnatural excitement that his pores sent forth great drops of blood which fell down to the ground this proves how tremendous must have been the weight of sin when it was able to crush the saviour so that he distilled great drops of blood this demonstrates the mighty power of his love it is a very pretty observation of old isaac ambrose that the gum which exudes from the tree without cutting is always the best this precious camphire tree yielded most sweet spices when it was wounded under the knotty whips and when it was pierced by the nails on the cross but see it giveth forth its best spice when there is no whip no nail no wound this sets forth the voluntariness of christ's suffering since without a lance the blood flowed freely no need to put on the leech or apply the knife it flows spontaneously no need for the rulers to cry spring up o well of itself it flows in crimson torrents if men suffer great pain of mind apparently the blood rushes to the heart the cheeks are pale a fainting fit comes on the blood has gone inward as if to nourish the inner man while passing through 
its trial. But see our Savior in his agony. He is so utterly oblivious of self that instead of his agony driving his blood to the heart to nourish himself, it drives it outward to bedew the earth. The agony of Christ, inasmuch as it pours him out upon the ground, pictures the fullness of the offering which he made for men. Do we not perceive how intense must have been the wrestling through which he passed, and will not hear its voice to us? Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Behold the great apostle and high priest of our profession, and sweat even to blood rather than yield to the great tempter of your souls. Evening, March 23rd. I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Luke chapter 19 verse 40. But could the stones cry out? Assuredly they could, if he who opens the mouth of the dumb should bid them lift up their voice. Certainly, if they were to speak, they would have much to testify in praise of him who created them by the word of his power. They could extol the wisdom and power of their maker who called them into being. Shall not we speak well of him? Who made us anew, and out of stones raised up children unto Abraham? The old rocks could tell of chaos and order, and the handiwork of God in successive stages of creation's drama. And cannot we talk of God's decrees, of God's great work in ancient times, in all that he did for his church in the days of old, if the stones were to speak, they could tell of their breaker, how he took them from the quarry and made them fit for the temple. And cannot we tell of our glorious breaker, who broke our hearts with the hammer of his word, that he might build us into his temple? If the stones should cry out, they would magnify their builder, who polished them and fashioned them after the similitude of a palace. And shall not we talk of our architect and builder, who has put us in our place in the temple of the living God? If the stones could cry out, they might have a long, long story to tell by way of memorial. For many a time hath great stone been rolled as a memorial before the Lord, and we too can testify of Ebenezer's stones of help, pillars of remembrance the broken stones of the law cry out against us but christ himself who hath rolled away the stone from the door of the sepulchre speaks for us stones might well cry out but we will not let them we will hush their noise with ours we will break forth into sacred song and bless the majesty of the most high all our days glorifying him who is called by Jacob the shepherd and stone of Israel. Morning, March 24th. He was heard in that he was feared. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. 
did this fear arise from the eternal suggestion that he was utterly forsaken there may be sterner trials than this but surely it is one of the worst to be utterly forsaken see said satan thou hast a friend nowhere thy father hath shut up the bowels of his compassion against thee not an angel in his courts will stretch out his hand to help thee all heaven is alienated from thee thou art left alone see the companions with whom thou hast taken sweet counsel what are they worth son of mary see there thy brother james see there thy loved disciple john and thy bold apostle peter how the cowards sleep when thou art in thy suffering lo thou hast no friend left in heaven or earth all hell is against thee i have stirred up mine infernal den i have sent my missives throughout all regions summoning every prince of darkness to set upon thee this night and we will spare no arrows we will use all our infernal might to overwhelm thee and what wilt thou do thou solitary one it may be this was the temptation we think it was because the appearance of an angel unto him strengthening him removed that fear he was heard in that he feared he was no more alone but heaven was with him it may be that this is the reason of his coming three times to his disciples as hart puts it backwards and forwards thrice he ran as if he sought some help from man he would see for himself whether it were really true that all men had forsaken him he found them all asleep but perhaps he gained some faint comfort from the thought that they were sleeping not from treachery but from sorrow the spirit indeed was willing but the flesh was weak at any rate he was heard in that he feared jesus was heard in his deepest woe my soul thou shalt be heard also evening march twenty fourth in that hour jesus rejoiced in spirit luke chapter ten verse twenty one the saviour was a man of sorrows but every thoughtful mind has discovered the fact that down deep in his innermost soul he carried an inexhaustible treasury of refined and heavenly joy of all the human race there was never a man who had a deeper purer or more abiding peace than our lord jesus christ he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows his vast benevolence must from the very nature of things have afforded him the deepest possible delight for benevolence is joy there were a few remarkable seasons when this joy manifested itself at this hour jesus rejoiced in spirit and said i thank thee o father lord of heaven and earth christ had his songs 
though it was night with him, though his face was marred, and his countenance had lost the luster of earthly happiness, yet sometimes it was lit up with a matchless splendor of unparalleled satisfaction, as he thought upon the recompense of the reward, and in the midst of the congregation sang his praise unto God. In this the Lord Jesus is a blessed picture of his church on earth. At this hour the church expects to walk in sympathy with her Lord along a thorny road. Through much tribulation she is forcing her way to the crown. To bear the cross is her office, and to be scorned and counted an alien by her mother's children is her lot and yet the church has a deep well of joy, of which none can drink but her own children. There are stores of wine and oil and corn hidden in the midst of our Jerusalem, upon which the saints of God are evermore sustained and nurtured, and sometimes, as in our Saviour's case, we have our seasons of intense delight for there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of our God. Exiles though we be, we rejoice in our King, yea, in Him we exceedingly rejoice, while in His name we set up our banners. End of March 18th through March 24th Recording by Simon Wainwright